Hey there, friends. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We're going to do something a little bit different this week. I thought it was about time, since we're about 16 episodes in, to uh, do a little bit of a recap into some of the lessons learned from some of the last few guests and how I'm thinking this is connecting to kind of the leadership component of the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. Hopefully you've been able to get some great lessons uh, from some of the guests that we've had on the show. And if so, I hope that you'll consider leaving a five-star rating and write a review to let people know what you're getting out of the podcast. It's also helpful feedback for me uh, as we look to consider which guests we'll bring on the show next time. So here it is, uh, episode number 16, Taking a Chance on You. You're listening to the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. Hello, friends. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode, and happy late, happy Easter to you if you celebrate. I know that Haley and I had a great time hanging out with our family. We had a bit of a bags tournament and um, at my in-laws and then a explosive game of exploding kittens directly after that. We've had a lot of uh, really uh, meaningful stories shared so far on the podcast. And I thought that one of the things I wanted to do is provide some sort of a recap. Hearing the stories shared on the podcast, there's something that's just, uh, that keeps clicking back for me and has become really apparent in the last several episodes that I've shared. And this is the idea of uh, what it means to uh, take a chance on yourself. I wanted to open this up by sharing a little bit more about me and my story and the times in which I have taken a chance on myself. I don't know that I've always been the extrovert that people now know me to be. My earliest days, I was a carefree child, and my uh, grandmother would tell you that I would walk up to people randomly in the mall or wherever we happen to be, extend my hand and say, I'm Jake McLean, how are you today? Somewhere down the line, I lost that particular uh, extroverted charm. And so going through uh, high school, certainly for my first couple of years, I didn't really extrovert so much. I kind of just let things happen, let people uh, come near me. I didn't really put myself out there. I didn't really think that I had much to offer. And then one day, uh, when it was uh, it was like a new year at school, one of my best friends who had transferred to another school uh, wasn't there anymore, and he was kind of the extroverted force that would drive our social groups. And so it was, it was as if there was some sort of power vacuum, and uh, someone had to fill the spot. And for whatever reason, I just naturally flowed into that, and so I would walk up I was that guy in the high school hallways, like, shouting people's names, like, I knew everybody. I just kind of walked around, not really like I owned the place, but kind of like I owned the place. And so I think that was the first time putting myself out there like that, uh, taking a risk, 
for some social capital in high school was a, was a very small uh, but yet meaningful uh, way in which I uh, started to take a chance on myself. I put that to bed, though, when I started considering uh, college life, college experiences. I was in a serious relationship. My family life was uh, not complicated, but my grandfather was in the hospital and wasn't doing well. And so I wanted to be around for my family and uh, support them. And so I applied into schools that were relatively close, but ended up choosing a community college experience near near my hometown. And it was, you know, the community college experience works for a lot of people. And I will never uh, dismiss or discredit a community college experience for anybody, but it certainly wasn't the experience that I wanted or I feel like I needed. This was especially true when you had uh, teachers telling you uh, that they didn't care, you know, whether or not they that you showed up to class because they got paid either way. And, you know, it was just, it was that sort of vibe, and I don't know that I necessarily, it certainly didn't strike a chord with me. During my community college experience, I was drowning in negativity. It was not a a pleasant experience for me, and my mom and I have this sort of connection that, and I'm sure most mothers do with their sons, that they have some sort of sixth sense about what you're going through when you're going through it, and they want to talk to you about it. So my mom and I uh, had this connection where uh, if something was going on, we'd usually share it, uh, and we were pretty expressive about the things that we were feeling or the things that were going on. And so my mom came down uh, to ask me what was wrong. And I had told her, you know, just kind of shrugged it off and was like, nothing, you know, I'm fine. And I remember very distinctly that she came into my bedroom, she locked the door and she's like, I'm not leaving until you tell me uh, what the hell is going on with you. And I could feel the, uh, the Latina mother, uh, you know, strong willedness in the room. And so I knew that uh, my mom was not to be trifled with. And so I opened up and I, I shared with her that I was not uh, having a good time in school, in life. Uh, I felt like I was, it was too repetitive and it was too, things weren't working out. In that time, the uh, girlfriend, the relationship I had at that time uh, didn't really work out uh, for a number of complicated reasons. And so I was ready for something new. My grandpa was healthy. The family was healthy. Um, I just, I wasn't. And my uh, mom could kind of sense that. And so we, when we talked this out, it was my mom who first gave me uh, permission as an adult, uh, me as an adult male, to take a chance on myself again. She told me that I needed to get the hell out of the Quad Cities and uh, gave me some examples of what I could do. And she mentioned Monmouth College as one of them and going there. And so I was the late applicant, the latest you could probably apply. And uh, by some act of God, got in. And I tell you what, I fell in love with Monmouth College. From uh, that moment, I knew it was where I needed to be. And you've heard me tell stories 
time and time again, so I won't bore you with the uh, rest of the details there again, but um, it was that was the first big pivotal life-changing moment, right, that where I first took a chance on myself. Because I had had such a poor experience in community college, I knew that I wanted to have get every kind of experience I could while I was in undergrad. And I think that perhaps that's why I got so involved, just kind of all over the place. Going from not having anything to do uh, to everything to do was probably not the wisest choice, uh, but it opened up a lot of doors for me to get involved, to meet different people, and uh, you can be a big fish in a small pond at Monmouth, and that was certainly true of my own experience. I made so many new friends. I made, I mean, hell, I have the I have the hallmark experience of an undergrad experience. Most of my uh, close friends uh, graduated from Monmouth with me. Uh, many of them stood up in my wedding. I met my wife there. I got married at Monmouth College. Uh, and so when I say that I bleed a, white, a flame of white and crimson, uh, that is, you know it to be true. When the time finally came to get ready to graduate, I was a little scared off from working in higher ed, even though if you're a loyal listener of the show, you know that I found out I wanted to work in higher ed my first year uh, at Monmouth. But about junior, senior year, I got scared off of it. One of the things that was really important to me when, as a first-generation student was that I needed to have this uh, dream job that would make me financially secure in ways that I could take care of my family, I could take care uh, of my parents, different things like that. And so that was really important to me. And so when somebody basically just looked me right in the eye and said that I would never be a millionaire working in higher education, it scared me away. I didn't know what to do. So here I am, I'm scared away from working in higher education. I have a recruiter who reached out to me from an insurance company in my hometown asking me if I was interested in becoming a financial service representative. Now, as a communication studies major, I didn't know that there was exactly a connection there. Not to mention that I have never really been the most financially secure person. Money management was not was not in my repertoire of skills. And so I had no idea what it meant to be a financial service representative, but they showed me a salary, they told me about the difference I could make, and usually that line right there, the difference you can make, is the gut-wrenching, of course I'm going to say yes to whatever follows uh, kind of thing that anybody could give to me. So right after graduation, I started uh, training to be a financial service representative, even earned eventually my life and health insurance certificate. But higher ed always was in the back burner of my mind. And so much so that uh, early on in my training for this insurance company, I submitted an application to go back to Monmouth to work as the assistant director for fraternity sorority life and student involvement. And uh, it's just so happened that the day I received my life and health insurance certificate, I got a phone call. 
uh, saying that things had been rearranged at the college, and I was invited to apply for a new position. I applied for the position, I got offered an interview, then after my, uh, the process went on for about a week, and then I uh, was actually uh, offered the job. And the rest of my Monmouth College career so far is history. I've been at the college now for three years, but had I not taken a chance on myself to go work at the college, I think I'd be miserable. Sure, I'd be making money. Sure, I'd be helping people. But I knew that that wasn't my passion. Um, I knew that that wasn't what was going to make me happy. And so in this theme of taking a chance on yourself, we've seen this illustrated in some of the uh, guests that we've had on the show uh, and from a variety of different perspectives. The most recent episode featuring Haley McLean, a.k.a. my wife, Haley took a chance on herself to... Uh, get out of a job that was making her unhappy in order to pursue more work-life balance to open up a new chapter of her life. Speaking as her husband and not as the podcast host, uh, seeing her way the options of uh, doing that in the first place um, and really taking a chance on herself as a, as a leadership nerd, as a personal development, uh, professional development kind of guy, uh, I couldn't help but chuckle. Uh, do that sly smile uh, each time it was brought up because I knew that uh, she was headed in the right direction. Then you look at guests like my dad taking a chance on himself and reinvesting, uh, repurposing some of his time to take care, take better care of himself. I have to tell you that my dad is like a gosh damn model. And I just... It is, uh, it is unbelievable to see his, and, and uh, it is unbelievable and incredibly inspiring to see his progress as he's continued uh, down his path to take better care of himself. Then we have guests like Dr. Timothy Alvarez. He mentions in his episode his own struggles as a, as a first-generation college student and now being at the institution in which he himself did not do well uh, at the school that he now works at. And, you know, the the message of his show, uh, being invited, uh, looking for those to, to invite, to take to take a chance on themselves, to invest in themselves and their, their dreams, their passions, uh, and really just go after it. So my big question for you listeners is, what have you done to take a chance on you? How are you pursuing your interests, your passions, or are you? I recognize that I speak from a place of privilege in which I am able to uh, take care of myself. I have a wife who has a great job. I have a family who helps and supports us as well. Taking a chance on yourself, honestly, is scary as hell. It doesn't matter if it is a small uh, act of taking a chance on yourself or a big one. Sometimes you can take a chance on yourself and have everything hit you right uh, back in the face. But as someone who has uh, both in small ways and in big ways taken a chance on himself, I can promise you that it's absolutely worth it. All of the blood, the sweat, the tears, everything is worth it. When you can invest in the things that align with you, 
the things that bring you happiness, the things that make you feel like you are living your purpose. If you seek those things out, it's worth it. So, so, so incredibly worth it. So I invite you listeners to take a chance on yourself. If you've been uh, chasing after a dream that isn't necessarily panning out for you right now, if you're unhappy with where you are right at this moment, then who can you turn to? Who are the people that can help you, your allies? Who are the people who might want to see you get shot down? What resources can you use to take a chance on yourself to pursue the life that you want? I am blessed to have people in my life that support all of the wacky, crazy things that that I'm trying to do for me. Because my next adventure in taking a chance on myself is launching my business, launching this podcast. It took me about 12 tries to figure out what I wanted to say to you in this episode. It's required me to pick up a different set of skills that I didn't really think I had. The process in taking a chance on yourself isn't just a flip of a switch. It isn't one day saying, I'm going to do this. It starts there, but there's a lot of work that goes in afterwards. There's people that have to support you. Uh, Nobody can do it alone. So again, who are those people who can help you? How can you uh, minimize the people who might oppose what you're trying to do? And what things can you start doing today to help you get to where you want to be tomorrow? I would love to hear how you are taking a chance on you. So make sure to uh, get at me on uh, social media, send me an email, or if you want to share a story on the podcast about how you are taking a chance on you, make sure to check out those show notes. Thank you so much for listening to my rambles. This has been the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow my speaking and coaching business by subscribing to my website at www.jakespeaks.org. Or you can just follow me on social media at MC Leadership Guy on both Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, take care.